You're listening to the Sound Girls Podcast with Susan and Becky from Central Florida. Hailing from Los Angeles, Carrie has spent the past 30 years as the monitor engineer for Pearl Jam and Eddie Vedder. Carrie started out doing sound for punk bands in Los Angeles in 1986 under the tutelage of Dave Ratt of Ratt Sound, where she spent 20 years helping to establish the company. She was able to gain an immense amount of hands-on experience and technical knowledge at Ratt, which eventually led her becoming the monitor engineer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers from 1990 to 2000. She first met and started working with Pearl Jam, who opened for the Red Hot Chili Peppers on their 1991 to 1992 Blood Sugar Sex Magic Tour. She has worked with Sonic Youth, Fugazi, and Neil Young, and of course, she is a co-founder of Sound Girls. So welcome to the podcast, Carrie. Thanks. Thanks. Yay, this me, feels guys. so weird. <laughs> right? La- ladies. <laughs> I was like, this feels like you should be interviewing us in the other way around. <laughs> no. I, uh, I've been a longtime fan of Pearl Jam and kind of obsessed with Eddie Vedder since I was in high school. So um, I'm a little jealous of your role in your job. <laughs> right? I mean, he's kind of dreamy, right? I'm not, yeah, I'm not touching that. <laughs> Can't talk about the boss that way. That's totally fair. Yeah, it's my boss. Right? So um, I think we've probably heard a bunch of interviews this year uh, with you talking about uh, your awesome days uh, with Pearl Jam and, and Red Hot Chili Peppers and all the cool things you do. And I know for all of us that have had to do interviews or wanted to do interviews this year and then have to talk about our jobs that are non-existent right now, it's a little bit difficult um so we thought maybe we'd have you on and just talk about some sound girls things which are kind of cool because we get a lot of interesting questions about sound girls um and some that we don't always know how to answer you know um and uh so i was like oh let's pick carrie's brain while we have her on (laughs) (laughs) well there you go um yeah go go for it and um i want to congratulate you guys for starting the podcast and you guys have done an amazing job um thank you it's an incredible amount of work um just sitting here trying to trying to get ready for the handoff to our new host and our new editors and I'm on the sidelines, but it's making me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do feel guilty about assigning our, one of our new editors this episode. Uh, I feel a little bad about that. <laughs> I think it's kind of fun. I'm, I'm more the sink or swim person, right? So I'm like, let's see what happens. <laughs> I like to do that to my crew sometimes, too. And they constantly are like, what, are you trying to kick me out of the nest? I'm like, oh, yeah, let's see if you can fall yeah. I mean, yeah. It's got to get kicked out of the nest, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of how I came up, you know? That's how I was trained. It's like, all right, sink or swim time, you know, let's go. Yeah. And uh, I, to me, that's the exciting part of our jobs, too, sometimes, you know? It's like, here's a console you don't know how to run. There's a show in three hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, if it's not scary, is it as much as it is? Is it as interesting? I don't know. I, they're scary. They're scary, and then there's interesting. And I, I think they're two <laughs> separate things. Uh, fear is a good motivation, but I don't. I I don't think we should be operating from a place of fear. Okay. So being prepared as best as you can be for whatever you're entering that day, you know. 
and hopefully not walking into a console that you don't know how to use, but I think we've all been there. Um, yeah. And so my only advice for that is to ask whoever you're working with, I'm like, I am not familiar with this console. Can you walk me through it? Instead of going, I got this and failing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's something uh, like asking the question too, you know, and getting that information out. I think on Sound Girls has really helped the next generation a lot. Um, all the all the things we talk about, not only on the podcast, but the resources of information that the Sound Girls website has blows my mind on a regular basis. So um, I'm still working through some, you know, some of the pages of things just went going down the list of of all the resources and information there, you know, which I think is so amazing. How do you get a hold of all these people that help you? And how do you find the time? <laughs> well, COVID helped that. Uh, uh, you know, we just, you know, built the community over the years. So, you know, it's we've been fortunate because there's great people like you and Susan that step forward and want to volunteer. And then, you know, it's just once we, once we built a core volunteer base, now we have people that we can reach out to. So if someone needs something in post-production, my go-to is April Tucker. And if she can't help, she can find someone that is able to help. Right. So it's, it's just making those connections and partnering with other organizations that are doing the same work. Um, that's super beneficial because we're able to share what everybody is doing and work together for it. I think that's one of the things that to me is really cool um, that I didn't see coming up with a lot of the other organizations or Facebook pages or whatever early in, in you know, organizations getting together and talking about audio is that the sharing part of the community and then people are being so willing to give a hand and help out and right. like i've noticed that you help foster that for one just by saying hey you know maybe check this person or hey head up to that person so i think a lot of that kind of takes on probably your personality you know to be open and, and willing so thank you for that you know i think I think that keeping keeping that open mind, you know, really helps foster that community a lot more too, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, um, I always go back to uh, I I've read and study. I'm a kind of a history buff, but I'm a history buff in things that interest me. So like World War Two, I'm like, yeah. My dad, he's like, he's like, I've gone through the Civil War and World War Two twice during this pandemic. I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad um, that's such a dad thing to but, do <laughs> you know I've read a lot about the civil rights movement in the United States and through that study and learning that history I'm so well aware of all the groups mm. that made up and and worked together to push that movement through and you know not one person could do it and not yeah not everybody had the same message or the same same outcomes that they were trying to achieve, but at the end they came together and worked together. So I think that's super important. Yeah, I do too. I think that's awesome. We've been uh, <laughs> we've been interviewing. I mean, if you guys listen to 
a lot of the episodes we've been interviewing a lot of other people who have their own like version of some kind of like amplify her voice or you know those those ones that are they're still doing the same work as far as building that community it just might be for their smaller version so all of us being able to promote each other has become so powerful at this point uh one of the questions we have for you is sound girls has touched so many people and helping give access to resources and develop into a safe community for sound professionals how has sound girls affected your life personally since you guys started this that's a tough question. Um, been able, I mean, just being able to know other women, um, that's huge. You know, like, like when we were sat on this AES panel, only three of us, or only, it was myself, Michelle, Jerry Palumbo, Claudia Engelhart, and Deanne Franklin. Out of those five women, I knew Deanne and Michelle knew Deanne, but none of us knew anybody else. Like I knew, knew of Michelle, but I had never met her. And you'd think we, we should have because we both, we both started at the same time and work in the same genre, you know, she, I, yeah, you kind of probably played fame. Yeah, same we probably stuff, played, you? you know, you probably played them back to back. Like Pearl Jam was on one day and Spin Doctors was on the second day or something. But, you know, and we didn't have internet then. So unless you were sitting in catering and go, oh, my God, that's Michelle. I'm going to go talk to her. And you exchanged phone numbers. There was no way you could find these people. So, you know, it went from us kind of knowing each other to like now I when I refer people I have a huge list of women that I'm referring you know which I think is awesome like I get you know emails from you guys a lot you know that are like hey you know send your resume in or we've got another person talking you know that needs some people and I'm I'm always super excited about it just for years of that not happening you know I'm like I don't care if I'm rolling up there in my cane, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my resume into that, you know, but, uh, that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, I'm going to take every opportunity there is, you know, no matter what, and if you can connect us, great, you know, so, right. So I'm, I'm appreciative of that. Um, when, how long was it before you ran into another woman on, on tour? Do you know? Um, uh, on tour good lord um don't know no um like one-offs before i started touring i was i mean, being in la there's all sorts of people working so you know pretty early i met a woman um and she was she was doing front of house for x um and I can't remember her name. And I, after that, she, I never saw her again. Um, but she was amazing. Um, and that was, that was a super cool experience of like my heroes ex have a woman mixing them, you know? Um, so that was probably the first show cause I was doing monitors for those shows. Um, there was two women front of house and monitors. So that was exciting. Um, the first, the first tour I did was 
a dancing Soundgarden tour, so th there were no women on that. Um, I'm super jealous, <laughs> by the way. I love Soundgarden. They're what they're, they're. I still play all their albums. Yeah, Soundgarden <laughs> was great. Um, made lifelong friends. Still work with some of the people on that tour. Um, of course, I'm I'm lucky that Matt's is in my band, my other Pearl Jam. So that's, you know, amazing. Um, dancing was not so fun, but, <laughs> you know, it was a good experience. Um, and then I was, then I was fortunate the next tour I did was Sonic Youth. So, um, you know, Kim, Kim Gordon was in the band. Their lighting designer was a woman. Um, should we have anybody else? And then, you know, Chili Peppers, we had women. Uh, our our merchandiser was a woman on that tour. So I've been fortunate that for the most part, there's always been another woman on tour. Or if there wasn't, it, was, it wasn't very long after that we added. Like on Pearl Gemma, it was the only woman. And then we got a tour accountant. She was a woman. And then, uh, you know, a few years later, we the band changed LDs and... She's a woman. She's still with the band. So, yeah. A lot of people ask why you call it Sound Girls if guys are allowed to be involved, too. And apparently it's been like a whole thing. Can you talk to us about uh, just in general how you feel about that since uh, pe people get awkward about it for some reason? I don't have like I don't have a canned speech for that um, or explanation. Um when we started it, we tried to, we wanted to appeal to to women and younger girls, right? High school and middle school girls. And so, you know, we had all these names that we kind of were throwing back and forth and nothing, nothing sounded really catchy. Mm -hmm. And like at, at the end of the day in live sound, it's like, Oh, it's a sound dude or sound guy. And then, oh, we have a sound girl today. So we kind of just went with sound girls. Yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't have to, everything can't be inclusive of everyone unless you just call it sound, you know? And you had a demographic, you had a target demographic that you guys are trying to connect with. But at the same time, you don't want to be exclusive of people because that kind of defeats the entire point, right? Right. It, it, it defeats the entire point. So, you know, like at this, at this point in time, and we've always been um, inclusive just because we didn't, we didn't want to exclude anybody because we were tired of being excluded. So we were like, we're not going to do that. <laughs> but the, the, the name does deter trolls. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that was one of the questions I was asked on recently on an interview, you know, like, why do we have a private page and why do we have, you know, another page or whatever? And I wasn't quite sure how to answer that. But uh, uh, you've answered it uh, since for me, you know, and it does deter trolls, you know, it's, it's like any other online social media platform you get on, you have to answer questions, you know, and ask and get approval, you know, and I think that's a cool thing because it keeps the, the wackadoos out, you know. <laughs> No, I just am here to want to bitch about things. Yeah. You don't want that that weirdo. So I hope that <laughs> explains it well enough. <laughs> yeah, I think it does. <laughs> okay. I've I've read so many interviews about you, Carrie, over the years, and something that comes up a lot is how you 
you were pregnant while on tour because that's like a big deal like a lot of people you know put off they put off having children because um they're working they don't feel like they can manage it so i don't want to bother you with those questions but um we are curious about how having because you have twins right i have twins yeah yeah so that having twin daughters has has had to have changed your views i would imagine you know because once you have kids it's really different so um after you had kids did you feel a different way about equality and feminism or do you feel like it amplified it that's uh that, i've never had anyone ask me that um <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i'm trying to come up with questions to yeah. ask you that no one has asked you i think we did it <laughs> you did it you stumped me maybe um it, it, it that's such a it's yeah without thinking about that i mean like i was coming up in the 90s late 80s 90s and there was a real movement of women in music women in the industry and it felt like we were going forward um and people kind of have to put it in context of like the mid 80s was not like 50 years from the 60s you know it's, it's literally like 15 years right from women's rights movements really making noise yeah yeah. Um, so we're just kind of on that path and like you know like when I was coming up it was we just assumed I just assumed no matter what I did unless I was a teach going into teaching or psychology or something there was going to always be backlash I mean it was still like yeah you're going to college but the expectation was that you were going to get married and have kids too, right? So I don't know if I ever really like identified like with second wave feminism so much as just this is what I'm doing. Yeah, it was like your personal choice, like your life. And then when I had the girls... I mean, it was 1996, so there was still momentum. And it was like, God, by the time they're 25, all this shit's going to be gone. Well, they're turning 25 this month, and I think it's worse now than it was when they were born. Do you think that uh, we've been able to move the needle at all in the last couple of years? Or towards, towards equality, at least in our industry? I think we've, I I think with all the groups that have been doing this work, the industry is starting to seriously look at it and go, this is a problem. And what can we do to address it? You know, some of the bigger organizations, they can't always just address it because there's so many boards and layers that things have to go through and approval, but but I do know from sitting on a lot of advisory boards that people are taking it seriously and trying to come up with solutions. I feel like the grassroots organizations like Sound Girls and stuff, you know, are making a bigger impact than some of the ones that have been around for years. And maybe that's a social media thing. I don't know. But it, it could also just be normal people getting together talking about normal stuff, you know? I, I, yeah, I I think a lot of it is is that we have a great community and we're still grassroots. So yeah, we're able to yeah. react to things quicker or implement programs or, you know, get a team together of like, this is what we're doing. 
Yeah, because when you're a small business, it's easier to make that decision because it's your freaking business, right? And... <laughs> right. Right. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, at the same time, we have, you know, I think the community and the people on the board and our chapter heads are all very aware of the mission. You know, we're like, I don't think anybody's making decisions of just, I feel like doing this today. Of like, is this going to advance the mission, right? Or is it going to deter or distract us, right? So somebody had asked me, and I don't even know, but uh, does Soundgirls have like a board of directors or anything like that? We ha we have an advisory board, so and it, it's a diverse group of women. Um, the the board's diverse, so there's there's women of color on the board. There's women from the LGBTQ community. Um, and then from different audio disciplines, you know, so that we're curing information and gathering stuff from all sections, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Like uh, anytime I get on uh, on this website and look at any of the information, it seems like all the answers are covered. And I, I appreciate that. Like I don't have to jump all over the place trying to find, wait a minute, what's, you know, so I, so I really do. I, I know a lot of people appreciate that because they've expressed it, you know, even on the podcast, like just how great it is that all the information's like right there. And I'm always just so shocked that there's so much of it. Right. <laughs> like, man, that's a lot of hard work. There, so. Yeah. Um... And the exciting thing is uh, we're in the process of redesigning the website. Um, and so hopefully as that comes along, it's, it's going to be a few months and a long process, but um, hopefully it will be organized, better updated, stuff like that. So Awesome. I, I have a random weird question. Uh, do you have a roadie nickname? Uh, yeah, Care Bear. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Care Bear, or Care Bear. Do, do, do you keep little Care Bears on your console I, I, or anything I don't, like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing this past year? With I want to say downtime, but I know a lot of what you've been doing is Soundgirl stuff. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, Soundgirl stuff, and then um, just been working in my yard and my garden. So I mean, it's that's been nice of like being through every season instead of usually yeah. it's like it's spring i'm planting vegetables and coming back in june going i have weeds <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm envious of your ability to grow things i uh i keep buying plants and they keep just dying <laughs> I, i'm in a a lot of it's the climate so <laughs> I'm currently trying to keep succulents alive. I, I can even kill those if you can imagine. So <laughs> I kill those. Yeah. They just, kill they the just need a little bit of water. <laughs> it's not direct sun. I bought, <laughs> I bought this beautiful like yucca plant and it's super cute. And then I'm like, I'm going to have it in my office. It's going to look great. And then, of course, the cat comes and she starts eating right. it. And I really <laughs> thought that she wouldn't. But um, speaking of animals, now. Carrie and Susan have something in common. You guys both added chickens during the pandemic, right? We did. <laughs> yeah. Why? You got chickens, I have too? three chickens. So. Oh, my goodness. What kind did you get? Oh, gosh. Uh, that, that's my daughter's department. Um <laughs> I don't know. One's the standard 
I don't know. I don't know what they are. <laughs> two are two are super pretty and have these yellow mm. feet and um oh. yeah, she's she's got I don't even know their names. So <laughs> I go out there and feed them and get their eggs and then go, Oh my god, you escaped and you're eating my garden. Stop it. <laughs> oh. Ours are still young. They haven't made eggs yet. Um we didn't mean to get babies, but we got like four daily right? chicks. And so they're I think five months old, so they should yeah, start making eggs yeah. soon that's super cool yeah pandemic <laughs> choices definitely not something i ever imagined it's been fun we got fresh eggs there so you go nice. yeah that works out yeah <laughs> what is uh some advice carrie that you want to share with the younger generation of uh sound girls coming up oh um the first would be to uh to use every opportunity available whether that's on Sound Girls or Gender Amplified or Women's Audio Mission, I mean it's a great time to be to be learning audio. There's so many great yeah. things on YouTube that we didn't have. Like we had the, yeah. we had the damn Yamaha Sound Reinforcement Bible <laughs> that's like so dense. Yeah, we like, all got that book. <laughs> and you're just like, what? Stop! Why are you doing this to me? I read that thing yeah. like two times yeah. and I still was confused. Yeah, my inter intern mentor is like, this is your Bible now. And yeah, I'm reading it and I'm like, uh, I'm too dumb. Right. I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, there's so much information and, you know, be careful. Make sure it's accurate information from a trusted audio person or company, right? Because I've, I've watched a lot yeah. of YouTube videos and go, Wow, you were so right, right up until the end. And then, you know, and then like, but you know, there's, go Dave Ratt's channel. There's great, great video content there. You know, Robert Scoville's do it. People are, they've been out of work and they put this, their knowledge online. So, you know, there's. Yeah, Scott Adamson's got all the stuff in the production mm -hmm. academy. The production academy. Like Michelle. Michelle's Mixing Music Live is a great resource. They're all in either free or very inexpensive. Um, you know, Sound Girls, we've been building our YouTube channel, putting all our webinars online. Yeah, we're doing one on soldering, right? On Coming soldering, up? that's gonna. I think that's so cool. Yeah, like no one else is doing that. I think it's so neat. I'm like, man, everyone needs that skill. Yeah, and like how cool. Yeah, so yeah. hopefully it goes okay, but we'll, we'll see. Um, so that would be the first thing, and then the other thing is don't be afraid to reach out to people. Either reach out to Sound Girls or reach out on the private Facebook group. There was a woman. I don't know if you guys saw it. She, she was a mom. She just posted because she needed information about a school that her daughter was applying to. That I did wanted, see that. Yeah. You know, wanted her to send in, you know, her studio work and stuff. Just so much great advice of like, look, this is the wrong program. She doesn't need to do that. Go look at these schools. Make sure you don't go into debt for this, you know, of like, so ask the questions. Yeah. I love that. Like, uh, that's the thing I love the most. It's one of the things I check in the morning when I'm drinking coffee is our website, you know, and just look at it and just see if there's something I can add to it or whatever. But there's always so much great 
advice and content. And one of the things I love about it is, you know, uh, the moderators have been so great at keeping all the riffraff out, you know, and just keeping it relevant and nice and kind and right. helpful, you know, and yeah. that I've, I've gotten away from other websites just because of that. You know, I'm like, I want information and I want it nicely presented to me. Not like, yeah. listen, asshole, da, da, da. you know, like yeah. nobody needs that. Yeah. And you know, it's not the Facebook group's not always perfect. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's made up of 8,000 plus members. So like, you know, the admins can't know everybody's background or right. their intentions, but they've done a pretty good job of like trying to keep it civil. And, you know, occasionally something goes off the rails and it's like, <laughs> Oh God. Um, but as far as other audio groups, like I don't, I don't frequent them because I'm just like, why are you so mean and nasty? Yeah. Someone just asked a question. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand a little bit of ribbon here and there, you know, once in a while, but like coming across on a social site, it sounds a oh, heck of a lot worse than it does in person. If you're just being sarcastic or joking, you know, too, it's, it's hard to translate that. So it's better than just right. not said. <laughs> yeah. Carrie, what's your go-to beverage? Oh, uh, kombucha at this point. <laughs> nice. Do you make your own or do you just get um, it somewhere else? I've been buying it. It's freaking expensive. Yeah. Um, so I have been pondering making some, but I have, I, I like, I'm better at growing things, harvesting them out of the garden and going, <laughs> what am I going to make for dinner out of this? Then processes that take like fermenting, sourdough <laughs> starter, uh, you know, stuff like that. That I've got to be patient. Same. And then like things gr things grow, and I'm like, is that mold or is that doing what it's supposed to be doing? Don't know. Yeah. Done with this project, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> we'll we'll see if I make cool. Keep us posted. <laughs> Yeah. What what are what's coming up for you? What do you have coming up, or what does Sound Girls having coming up that you want to plug or talk about? Um, well, Sound Girls are going to continue working on the Ask the Experts webinars for this year. We're trying to do like two a month on a range of audio disciplines. So um, right now we have next week we have one on recording in the box and out of the box. Um, so that should be fun. And then at the end of the month, the podcasting, um, the soldering workshop. Um, and so we're going to keep continuing to do that. Uh, we're super excited to keep um, growing the living history project. I think it's super important to to interview these women that have made so many contributions in the audio industry and are overlooked or there isn't anything written about them. Cool. Uh, something you've always wanted to say to the, our crew or our team of people or any of that? Well, yeah. Uh, first of all, I want to thank all our members and our volunteers because can't do it without you guys. Um, so, you know, Thanks to all our volunteers and thanks to the members that make it a safe community that is welcoming to everyone. 
it it's it's a lot of hard work and sometimes it's super frustrating um but at the end of the day it's also rewarding and it feels good to be giving back to the audio community and sharing that knowledge and that experience and hopefully we'll keep seeing more women on tour more women and more more people of color on our cruise Man, we want to take the time to uh, thank Carrie so much for not only starting Soundgirls and being just an amazing ally for all of us Soundgirls and pushing this uh, diversity and equality forward in our industry. So thank you, Carrie, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast with us. We had a little bit of a transmission drop, so we lost her there right at the end, but I uh, wanted to make sure we said thank you and uh we also know that she appreciates all the wonderful things that all of you all are doing out there and express that as well before before our uh squadcast took a dump here on us but one of the other things we want to bring up and just say a giant thank you about is for letting susan and i do this podcast for the last year uh, we have decided to hand the podcast off to two more sound girls. As you know, we've been talking about that a little bit in this interview. The people that we've chosen uh, to take over the sound girls podcast are Tori and Katie. You're going to be meeting them coming up in the next couple weeks. Uh, each one's going to help us do a few interviews. And then we also have Daria over in the UK. She's going to start helping out. Uh, we're branching out and getting bigger and better and turning things into some amazing things for the Sound Girls podcast that's coming. Uh, let's see. They they are going to take over in May, but up until then, we're going to get to interview, do some interviews with them and introduce you all to one another. It's going to be awesome. So please look forward to that with us. And um, we're excited. We're excited to see uh, what's going to happen with the podcast and where things are going to go and just how these guys are going to take it even uh, to bigger and better places. We also have some editors that are joining us. So uh, this has been a fun season interviewing and listening to all the submissions that all of you have and are so appreciative of each and every one of you for taking the time to do those submissions and for helping the Sound Girls. That's all we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sound Girls podcast. You can find more information out on soundgirls.org. Have an awesome week, sound humans. The Sound Girls Living History Project is a collection of interviews with audio industry veterans. The project seeks to highlight the careers and achievements of women and underrepresented groups in audio. Interviews are conducted by Sound Girls members with guidance from experienced interviewers in the audio industry. Interviews will be available publicly in our Living History Project and for educational use and research. We're creating a sonic vision, and it's uh, a highly technical and creative field. People always go, oh, you're a techie. We have to have a certain amount of technical knowledge, but there's a tremendous amount of creativity that goes with it. I love going to work and playing in a big sandbox and painting pictures with sound. You can find the Living History Project on the Sound Girls YouTube page, youtube.com slash soundgirls. If you're looking for more to listen to, here's what some of our friends in the podcasting community have in store for you. Find them all over on audiopodcast.org. Have a great week, everyone. I'm Emily, and I host Level with Emily, a podcast about audio and video games. Our newest episode features an interview with the three composers for League of Legends from Riot Games and the other games that come from League. You can find Level with Emily where you listen to your podcasts, and we're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash level.